Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host. You're listening to episode 160. Welcome to the show. I certainly hope you've enjoyed yourself so far. I'm appreciating, as always, all the comments that I receive from all of you. Email, Twitter, Facebook, even in person, which is always an interesting experience when I meet somebody for the first time over the phone or in person and they start talking about uh, some of the episodes because I have to admit at 160, sometimes I don't quite remember. And so it's nice to uh, hear the fans that have stuck with it and have enjoyed it. The game that I'm following out there right now continues to be marital bliss simply because it sounds cool. It's a game for couples that goes over a week where you each have a secret mission that you're trying to accomplish by being nice to the other person, doing nice things without them discovering what it is. It's out on Kickstarter. It's by Nick and, and uh, Nicole Fink. I've had them on the show. Uh, I appreciate the uh, passion that they've put into their game, and I want to do a shout-out for them. All right, what are we going to talk about? I've got a couple of things to talk about. One of them, let's talk about quitting. I have heard people talk about who say, you know, can't quit, winners never quit, quitters never win. And then people who take exception to that, you know what I'm talking about. So in this case, we're going to talk about uh, quitting. Seth Godin, who's been on my show, I think episode 63, uh, who's, uh, where he had his own Kickstarter campaign for Icarus Deception. And I have uh, talked about that book here on the show. I want to talk about his book. He's got a book out there called The Dip. Tiny little book. Uh, it's, you know, it's one of his short ones. And in this concept, he talks about the concept of quitting, the dip, that scarcity creates um, that there's an artificial scarcity that comes from trying things. So think about this. When you go to try something, you work out, you try to work, work on something, there becomes this high point where you're just like making progress and you're showing this, and then there's the dip. And the dip can be steep and short, or it can be gradual and long and drawn out. You know, in a Kickstarter campaign, you see that dip almost classically. I call it the Golden Gate Bridge campaign. You see this huge spike at the beginning, then this drop-off, and then this long death valley, and then at the end of your campaign, there's a spike again. Don't believe me? Go out on KickTrack, K-I-C-K-T-R-A-Q.com, and start looking randomly at some of the Kickstarter projects that are out there. And what you'll discover is when you look at their – when you click on the chart, uh, I can't remember if it's the trending or the – excuse me, it's the daily. You will see this graph, this dip that happens over and over and again. And I got to admit, I get more calls for help from people when they're, right, when they're right there in the middle of that dip. And so what I wanna, one of the things that I want to share with you is that this is a point for you to ask yourself to stick it out. Hey, it's normal. Just hang in there. Keep going because when you get to the end, it's great. But sometimes the end isn't going to be great. Sometimes you're not going to make it. And oftentimes, kick track can show the probability of if you're going to make it or not. And uh, there's an interesting statistic that's come out of it. About 70% of the time, whatever you're trending at on day 8, 9, or 10, right around there, that's what you're going to end up at. So if your campaign runs for 42 days, at the end of 8 days, go out on KickTrack, click on the trend button, and see what it tells you. Again, days 8, 9, or 10. 70% of the time, it's going to be dead on. That's what you're going to make. So if you're 40% below your goal trending, like you're not even trending to your goal by day eight, nine, or 10, you got a problem. And you got to reevaluate where you're at. If you're above your goal, then 
that doesn't guarantee that you're going to make it, but at least it's indicating that you're on track to make it. So what do you do? Do you quit? Give up? I don't give up. I'm not the type of person that gives up. No way. I'm not going to be seen as a failure. You know, that's a little voice that you have inside your head. And the reason I know it's inside your head, because I have it inside my head. We all do. It's that voice that just tells us to give up because if you fail, bad things are going to happen. After all, if you fail at your Kickstarter campaign, if you get all that work and effort and talking to your family and your friends and you got people to pour into it and support it and you've got put yourself out there and about halfway through you realize you're not going to make it or a quarter of the way through or three quarters of the way through, what do you do? I have a philosophy about this that's different than others, but I always suggest cancel, relaunch at a later time when you've figured out exactly what it is that's not resonating with your potential clients. Maybe you don't have enough backers. Maybe the message is wrong. Maybe the color's wrong. I don't know. But a failed campaign teaches you a ton of information. So I always advocate if you're in a situation to do so, quit, relaunch. There's very little downside to it. Here's the way I perceive somebody who hangs in there to the very end your backers know you're going to fail. They can see it. Other people who are potential backers can see that you're going to fail. Now, we all like supporting, well, most of us like supporting an underdog. But psychologically, very few of us like being associated with a loser. And it's interesting that I perceive somebody who doesn't stop and say, I'm giving up and starting over. That's... In some ways, that's the loser to me. The person who can't back away from the project enough to say, you know what? I need to reset this. Now, I have heard, and this is an accurate uh, statement, that by hanging in there, you find more backers, and then you can relaunch after it fails. That's true. But look, this is, this is agonizing for everybody. And most people aren't even paying attention after a while. They back it and they move on, unless they're very involved, emotionally involved. And it's that emotional involvement that often causes the difficulty of canceling or pulling back from the project. You're all, every, almost everybody, very seldom do you see a project that doesn't hit that dip. And so it's a time for you to stop, reevaluate, and ask yourself, am I gutting it through? Are we going to make it? Or should I stop here and relaunch and restart it? And it's a tough decision. I admit it. It's a tough decision. The stick to Think about, let me talk. Can you imagine what would happen if you got to be the best in the world at something, 10% of the world could do it and you and no one else could. So not, if you were better than 90% of the world, would you do that? Would you pursue the effort to do that? So I'm segueing here a little bit. So think about public speaking. Think about what I'm doing right now. Well, not kind, kind of what I'm doing, but you and I are having this conversation. We're talking and I'm out there telling you my opinion about things. And now you very well could be disagreeing with me right now and yelling at your uh, computer, your radio, your uh, iPod, your iPhone, whatever it is that you're listening to on with me. You're like, no, Richard, you're wrong. I disagree with that. Okay. And then we might have a chance to talk about that. You might send me an email or a tweet. Think about doing it in public where you're actually standing up and talking to people in public and presenting where you've got an idea that you've been asked to present to the board or to a group of investors, or to a, a group of uh, mothers at the, the local school where you've been asked to um, talk about uh, the school and represent the school maybe for a classroom. 
I've been there. That, that, that's, I think, one of the more terrifying ones. Now think about that and think about the fear that comes inside of you. This is very similar to what I've talked about in the past about the fear that comes when you put your Kickstarter project out there and you put it out there and you let it be judged by people. When we publicly, when we speak in public, there's that same fear that's just churning in our gut. But think about this. They say that 90% of the world, it's the number one fear. We'll just pick the America because I don't know about any place else. Number one fear in America is public speaking. Number one. Now imagine you could get good at that. You could practice at it and get good at it. You stand in front of the mirror. You just practice. You start with small groups. You move up to big groups. You volunteer to speak and you got good at it. Think about it. You're, you could become better and master a fear that 90% of your peers are terrified about. You become one of the best in the world in your own little world at what you do. The reason I mention this is the same thing for your Kickstarter campaign. When you put it out there, you're kind of doing that same thing. You're putting it out there and you're risking this sense of failure, this fear, this churning in your gut that's like, oh, what are people going to say? What happens if I fail? You know what happens if you fail? We, all of us, including me, get to laugh at you. We get to point fingers at you and say, what a fool. What were they thinking? Look how foolish they were. I'm serious. That will happen. And you, that is one of the reasons you have to overcome that fear and do it anyway. Because otherwise, you're going to be sitting there and never going to do it. Because you're afraid of what you're going to do. This draws me to... Um, a blog post by Jamie Stegmeyer, who's been on the show. You've listened to him. Great content. Go out to his uh, stonemeyergames.com. He's got a great blog out there. You know what? I think I'll go out there right now. Let's just go out to Stonemeyer Games. He's got an epi uh, um, He's blogging quite rapidly. He's catching up with me about all the different things that you can do with Kickstarter. A lot of advice for his Kickstarter. I'm sorry. I'm going to put everybody on hold while I kill a spider. <laughs> oh, I hate spiders. All right. Sorry about that. For those who feel bad that I just killed something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I can edit this out, but I'm not going to. It's my show. All right. One of his blog posts is number 58, how to manage toxic backers. Toxic backers, he can, you can go out and read his blog post about how he defines it. But for me, it's those people who back your project and then they just criticize. One of the things about Kickstarter is that if they put a comment out there, you can't take it away. There's no way to delete their comments. So there's a couple of things that you can do. And also, by the way, people can't comment unless they back. So these are people who actually have backed your project. Now, oftentimes, if somebody's particularly malicious, they'll back your project for a dollar, and then they'll just sit out there, and then they'll just go after you, these toxic backers. We refer to them as trolls in other, other places, but toxic backers is what Jamie refers to them, and I like that. How do you handle them? He's got some great advice. And so let's just talk about that. One, you can report them to Kickstarter. There is a way to do that, um, that you can actually report their, if they're being particularly malicious on your uh, project. Here's one of the best ones, though. Let the backers defend your project. You've got fans. Let them out there. And don't take it personal. Don't internalize their criticism. This is what I was talking about, this public speaking thing. Don't take this fear of somebody criticizing you in public. That's what so much of that fear is. Don't let it get away from you because um, they are going to criticize you. They're going to think that you're not doing something right, that they could do it better. Why did you do this? They're going to challenge your decisions. They're going to think that you made a foolish mistake. Drive on, my friend. Drive on and just keep going. 
And so Jamie's, one of the things he says is, is that let your other backers deal with it. And as he says, five people responding to a particularly nasty um, complaint is a great way to defend where you don't have to say things, but the, the, the backers themselves defend you. But that doesn't mean necessarily that you shouldn't respond. And as Jamie points out in his blog, if you're going to respond, do it non-emotionally, non-defensively. Don't get into an argument. And we know what's the number one rule. Don't feed the trolls. So if somebody's out there criticizing you, a toxic backer who's just not being supportive, who just wants to complain, there's not much you can do about it. If you're going to post something, word of advice, go to your spouse, go to your significant other, go to a friend. Do you think I'm being a little emotional? Am I being a little overreactive? As my wife always says, don't, don't pay attention to the ankle biters, right? Look, you're already ahead of 90% of your, your friends and family and contacts and people. You put yourself out there. You're already so far ahead. Don't stop and kick the ankle biter that's trying to drag you back into the pack who's, who's, who's in some ways jealous because you've done something that they haven't been able to do. Don't do that. Just drive on, my friend. Drive on. Is that my new saying? Drive on. All right. Another one, I love this one, privatize them. There have been times in my life where I have encountered somebody that we have not got along. I know. It's hard to believe for me too. I say that tongue-in-cheek. We have not got along, yet through a series of efforts on their part and my part, we've been able to connect and over time then become friends or at least working colleagues. And this is what Jamie means by privatize them. Actually, turn them to your cause. Sometimes these people have great stuff. That's why they're responding, because they're as passionate as you are. So tap into that, use that, listen to them. Um, also privatize it. So there's two ways that you can take that privatize. One is take it offline and find a way to communicate them with directly, but also privatize it. And that is convert them to your cause, help them become, figure out what it is that that's making them so passionate about this and get them pointed in your direction and wind them up and let them go. And sometimes they can become one of your biggest advocates. That's some great things to think about. Let me talk about one more book. Well, I got a couple of books, but I've got some great books out there that I, I think that you might want to take a look at. But The Dip is this one that I've talked about where Seth Godin says, being the best in the world is highly overrated. I love that. Highly overrated to be the best in the world. This podcast has its dip. It started off. It was awesome. It was great. And then to keep it going for two years, I didn't want to be one of those podcasts that I go on, on iTunes and I look and they, you know, Three months and they're gone. Six months, they're gone. A year, they're gone. Jamie gave me a, a virtual face slapping the other day when he and I were talking because as, as you and I have had this conversation and, you, and we have shared so much of your time, I have given up my time, you've given up your time, and we've kind of gone on this journey together. The Kickstarter has transformed and we've been watching it. It's been exciting. But it's hard for you to keep listening sometimes because life gets in the way. And it's hard for me sometimes to keep going because life gets in the way. And as I spoke with Jamie just about where we're at with that, he, he said something to me and I wanted to share it. He said that if I was to quit, all of you who have really come to rely on my guests and the content and the, and the learning that you've shared with me so willingly – that I would be denying all of you that opportunity to learn from my guests. And that would not be the right thing for me to do. 
I was like, holy cow, brutal. The guy's making me feel guilty. So I'm not quitting. I'm still going and we're, and we're plugging away. But it is one of the things that there's a dip. You have to keep thinking about your, okay, what can I do? And it is one of the things that I, I think about every time I do one of these episodes. What can I do to bring more value to you? I can keep having the same, you know, it's kind of there, bring on a new guest who's got a project. They just, here's how they launched it. And I got to admit, sometimes it sounds a little repetitious. What can I do to, to bring more value to you? So here's my call out to you this episode. You can reach me on Twitter, Richard Bliss. You can reach me on Twitter, Game Whisperer. You can reach me on uh, LinkedIn, Richard Bliss. You can le- reach me on uh, email, rbliss at blisscorp.com, B-L-I-S-S-C-O-R-P.com. That's probably the best way to get to me. Realize that I might not respond immediately. Sometimes I miss the email. Sometimes I forget. And then three months later, I'm like, I email you. I, is this still relevant? Do you want me to answer your question? I apologize about those. But tell me, how can we make the sh- continue to make the show better? I stick to the 20 minutes. I'm starting to stick to this episode. Is Stick to a, uh, a committed uh, cadence. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're going to get this show out there. Stick to continuing to bring you good content. I think that Kickstarter has evolved and changed so much that even I have to admit that the changes are happening so rapidly and they're so expansive that it's getting beyond the the uh, influence of people that I normally have communicated with. And I want to hear from you. How do you see Kickstarter and the impact that it's having? Reach out to me. Let me know. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. I always appreciate the few minutes that you take, whatever it is that you're doing, driving, working, listening, exercising, jogging, eating breakfast, right? Watching TV. Why you would be listening to me watching TV. I don't know, but who knows, but I certainly appreciate the time. Thanks for listening. I'm looking forward to continuing to hear from you. Hopefully I've said something to you that's been inspiring. Go out and be the best that you can be at something, particularly that public speaking thing. If you have any questions about public speaking and you want uh, some advice from me, feel free to ask. Thanks for listening. Take care.